0: Hi, this is Kelly. And this is Jetta. And you're listening to ODFM.
1: This episode is One Dumbbell from Murder.
0: So we have to do a shout out to our newest subscriber. Her name is Kenzie King. And I've known her forever because she is my cousin.
1: Uh, I'm so excited to have you we love um, supporting us. That's so awesome. Thank you
0: so much. And she is like one of the most gorgeous people I've ever seen. So there's to that, Kenzie. Whoop, whoop. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. She's super sweet. I know. She said she listens to us all the time. So I'm Thank sorry. You, nope. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Whoops, sorry. Yeah.
1: I'm sorry. Thank for you. An
0: influence on you. Right? What was okay, that? so.
1: That was my, yes, it was. No, it was R2D2. It's my, it's my, it's my, um, your text tone or whatever. It's my text messages. Yeah. I swear I turned it off. This guy's a doozy. All right, here we go. It starts Las Vegas summer of 1995. All right. Tara Vera was working out at World's Gym when she decided that her fitness instructor, John Edwards, would be a great match for her friend, Joanne Albanese, I believe is how you say her name. That's okay. what we're going with today. Yep. Well, that's um, what it is. John was large, a muscular man. <laughs> that's all it took. John was
0: large and he is in. And we, Let we me rewrite that him. sentence.
1: John was a muscular man with a large build <laughs> <laughs> with blonde hair and green eyes. I don't know the rest of the measurements. And I'm she not she go was like,
0: John was large. He's perfect, he was, my friend.
1: <laughs> exactly. Joanne, let me tell you about okay. this guy. He is large. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. I like him already. Okay. Joanne was 39 and had an excellent job with the MGM Grand Resort. Nice. She'd been dis- divorced for two years and had two daughters, age 16 and 9. Oh. Oh. So the she thought- Age difference. Okay. Yeah. yeah. get these guys together okay Mm -hmm. john and joanne hit it off and their romance quickly blossomed after only a month of dating john was spending most nights with joanne and her daughters which hopefully separately i (laughs) I hope (laughs) but it wasn't all good uh joanne was paying for everything oh so uh, Tara said that John worshipped Joanne, but his affection seemed unnatural. It was mm-hmm. too much, too fast. Oh. Red flag. Yeah, a little bit uh, ill-perceived. Right? Okay. So Tara was worried that John obsessed over and controlled her friend Joe. Oh yeah, another red flag. You gotta yeah, I feel a little guilty. Like you, you set him up, and then you know, yeah, they're like, like, "Oh, no. sorry about that. I thought he was a good guy. He was yeah. large. He was large. <laughs> what could go wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my
0: god.
1: Anyway, okay. One evening, Tara and her husband joined John and Joanne at a restaurant for dinner. Tara made an innocuous comment and saw John snap. Oh. His face contorted with anger. His eyes bulged, Jesus. and he pounded his fists on the table oh to my make his point. Right, <laughs> drawing the attention of other diners. Because this is back in the day where oh. you could actually go out to eat, and there would be people oh, around you, and I they remember would hear that. things. Remember wow. those days? Right? There'd be other Memories. people. Yeah. Yeah. I right. Mm-hmm. So Tara said he looked demented, and it frightened her. Oh shit! <laughs> so not a good look for John. No. John, large and demented. Um, large and demented. When they got home, Tara told her husband that she thought there was something wrong with John, and she planned to warn her friend and tell her to end the relationship. Oh
0: God! Yikes. Yeah, but again, I
1: I gotta feel kind of bad because you're like, yeah, I, know I know I set you guys up, Ugh, but this sorry. is not good,
0: right? I I yeah, misinterpreted that
1: dude. <laughs> Once I saw that he was large, it was I. <laughs> I couldn't everything see else it. just whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, when, uh, when Tara expressed her concerns about John, Joanne agreed, she agreed something was wrong, which is always hard to do, to like confront your friend and be like, Yeah. Your your yes. guy's not oh, good.
0: Yeah. I kinda I, I kinda remembered a similar circumstance with I don't know
1: what you're talking you? about. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I you're right.
0: okay, I don't remember annoying. ever um,
1: being told that the guy I was <laughs> fawning over was a total douchebag. Moving on. So, so, uh, Joanne admitted that John would not even let her go to the bathroom without him present. Which, by the way, kills the romance. Yeah, excuse (laughs) you. I kind of need some privacy. A month in, I know. I know people who are like, after a month, no one's heard me fart. Like, like, she's (laughs)
0: let alone taking a dump (laughs) in front of someone. Come on, dude.
1: It's damn so. So Joanne said that he was smothering her and she worried about him living in the same house with her daughters. Oh, yeah. Rightly so. For real. <clears throat> On Friday, August 18th of 1995. So this is only a couple of months after they met and started dating. This has all nice. happened like within a few months. Ooh. Joanne called Tara and said she couldn't take it anymore and had decided to end her relationship with John. She planned to take him out to a nice dinner and then tell him it was over between them.
0: Maybe okay. get him a little
1: tipsy. You know, yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And with a crowd. That's good. Right. And with people. Tara Rivera never heard from Joanne Albanese again. <gasps> oh, no. Mm-hmm. Jesus. That same morning, Joanne's ex-husband, Tom, picked up their daughters for the weekend. Joanne spent the day at work and later talked to her mother on the phone, telling her that she and John were planning to go out to dinner that evening. John asked a co-worker to cover his shift at the gym so he could go out to dinner with Joanne. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was Friday. On okay. Sunday afternoon, August 20th, Tom drove his kids back to his mother's to their mother's home and watched from the car as they safely entered the house. Uh-oh. Tom saw Joanne's boyfriend's truck parked in the street. Okay. Joanne's daughters noticed something was wrong as soon as they entered the house. Joanne always made her bed and locked her bedroom door when she wasn't home. Hmm. Locked her bedroom door. Uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of odd, but I'm like, all right. I mean, I don't know what she's keeping in there. Yeah. I don't you know large john <laughs> <laughs> oh okay uh, <laughs> okay so she always locked her doors she also made a point to turn off the lights when she left a room which is pretty much just being a mom yeah like yep god Gotta damn it some nobody bills. turns yeah. off a light uh-huh. in his house right mm-hmm. so no one was home all the lights were on and the door to joanne's room was open and her bed was unmade oh the girls checked the garage and saw that joanne's car was gone then they looked in their mother's dresser drawers and found that both the bracelet that she wore daily and her purse were still in the drawer where she kept them when she was home. Mm. So she had never yeah. gotten ready that morning, right? So, you know, women don't go places without their purse because t- they need their licenses, right? Yeah, you need so that's that's crap. pretty money, right? Tissues, uh, chapstick. Yeah, you would have to bring. Stu- yeah, you have yeah. stuff with you. You know, all our stuff. So, so this was all very strange. So the girls mm-hmm. called their father. And then they called the police. At first, authorities were not concerned about Joanne's absence. But as the days passed, Joanne's family convinced the police that Joanne would never abandon her daughters without telling them where she was going. And she would not leave them alone overnight. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? So Joanne's family immediately suspected Joanne's new boyfriend had something to do with her disappearance. Her oldest daughter said- And disappointment, yes. And disappointment, Yes,
0: that is disappointing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> her oldest daughter said joanne and john yelled at each other often oh. and she described john as creepy
0: oh um and already i mean this is like a brand new relationship yeah. it takes right. a while to I get mean, to that point usually god
1: i know people who like spend like a lot of time like you know when do i introduce them to my kids like how Hold do on. i know if this person this guy was like living there and she's paying for everything oh. and oh yeah Joanne's sister said she never liked John and felt that he was only interested in her sister for her money. So he gave quite a few people a bad vibe. Unfortunately, not Joanne and not Tara, her friend. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So Joanne's sister asked detective Hannah with the Las Vegas police department, if she could look through John's pickup truck, Mm. since Hannah was busy with what he considered higher priority cases he gave Joanne's sister permission to look through the truck. Wow. It's That's weird. Weird, right? What she found in the camper shell of the truck finally convinced mm-hmm. police to take a harder look at John Edwards. Oh, God. In the truck, there were several forms of identification from other men, as well as two license plates and tags from Washington and Florida. There Ooh. was an envelope in the vehicle that bore the name John Addis. Detective Hannah ran the current plate and tag on the truck and found that the tag was not registered to anyone. I don't know how you get a what? tag and not yeah, register you, it, what? but <laughs> I don't know. That's <laughs> he, weird. <laughs> he just had a blank tag. I don't know. It was soon discovered that Edwards was not John's last name. Uh. When he traced the name John Addis, he learned that John Patrick Addis was an ex-felon from Alaska. Uh. Oh, no. Furthermore, Addis was once an Alaska state trooper. Whoa. Uh huh. Detective Hannah now knew that John was not only a dangerous man, but also an ex-cop who had the skills to cover his tracks and avoid capture. This is why researching for your friend, their boyfriends, and stuff right. is very helpful. You don't just yeah, you don't just go, dude, the mm. guy's big. Yeah, let him <coughs> move in. You you <laughs> you get some backstory, you know. Yeah, you and yeah, do some
0: online searching. Right. Oh. Wow, of course oh this gosh. was 95. There wasn't a lot of online
1: stuff. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of online searching, wow. I guess. So, was there any online search? Barely. Oh, I remember Barely.
0: trying and it was like the green
1: screen. Oh jeez. Oh my god. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, good lord.
0: Just text, no pictures.
1: Right. 3 days later on August 23rd, a hiker found Joanne Albanese's gold Honda in a remote part of Little Hell Canyon in Arizona. Oh. it's pretty fitting, Little Hell. Oh, yes. Little Hell Canyon in Arizona, but her car yielded few clues. Investigators found no body, no bloodstains, and no bodily fluids in the automobile. Detectives believe if John killed Joanne, he most likely dumped her body in the area where he left the car. So they searched a nearby shallow lake but found nothing. Then they combed the wilderness around the lake but again discovered no sign of Joanne's body. Even without her body, though, Detective Hannah now felt certain that John Patrick Addis murdered Joanne and ditched her car in Little Hell Canyon only three hours from the Mexican border. <gasps> oh, interesting. Yeah. So I thought this would be a little good little spot to take a little break. Yeah. And let's just ponder over this. Maybe have a margarita. Maybe have a margarita. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, some tequila. So... And so tequila. Maybe that try to get past heavy. the fact that this guy was big and move on. <laughs> Let's, can't. Let's get over the big. Just keep coming back to it.
0: <laughs> Large isn't everything. Size is, isn't everything. Mm-hmm.
1: And this story proves it. <laughs> oh, Lord. John Patrick Addis was born May 11th, 1950 in Flint, Michigan. Okay. He loved to hunt and fish. He played the French horn, piano, and guitar. Wow. He excelled at sports. He maintained good grades. He didn't drink or use drugs. Um, He preferred to run and work out to keep his body in shape. Wow. He sounds perfect. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Too perfect. Too perfect. John liked science and expressed an interest in studying medicine. So I can see where a lot of women are like, oh, he's good looking. He's got a lot of talents. He's he's going to be a doctor. Yeah, PhD is always a good thing. Mm Right. He enrolled in college and worked as a lab technician. He married his first wife, Jody. I looked, I could not find this woman's last name anywhere. Hmm, All I have is Jody. The pair initially planned to settle in Michigan and raise their family. But for some reason, John suddenly rejected college and decided he wanted to leave and live in the wilderness. Oh. He gave his wife, Jody little say in the matter. Hmm. And the couple moved to Alaska. Whoa, that's a major, major. That's roof. a big, like, I mean, yeah. there's wilderness in in Michigan. Yeah, going to just go a little yeah. rural. But no, no, no. He no. was, he was he like was serious. He's like, we're going Alaska. bears. We're going full <laughs> right. on bears. We're going full on bears. Right. He started there as a city dog catcher, which is a far oh cry from God. I married a future totally doctor, doctor <laughs> to, to dog catcher. Okay. Dog catcher. Okay. But he worked his way up the ranks and he joined the Alaska State Troopers in 1974. See, and that would be potential. That's good. Is it right. Okay. Good thing. He was first assigned to Fort Yukon in northern Alaska, and then he transferred to Fairbanks in the mid-1970s. Addis was an avid outdoorsman and a bush pilot who could survive long periods on his own in the frigid Alaska wilderness. Wow. Wow. These are skills yeah. that may help him Hide a body, down the possibly. road. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> other troopers described him as affable and outgoing. When they were off duty, they often all went flying and hunting together. They were all buds, right? Okay. Yeah. He sounds great. So, right? Sergeant Jim McCann worked with John Addis for several years, and the two became good friends. Together, they helped form a SWAT team for the troopers. The organization had no crime scene lab. So Addis and McCann worked to improve their forensic techniques to develop a police protocol for major homicide investigations. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Red flag. Getting lots of good skills. Um, Mm -hmm. The two troopers read books and took college classes to enhance their skills in collecting evidence. Addis practiced techniques to identify and collect hair and fiber samples studied blood spatter evidence, and learned how to read patterns from shotgun stippling to determine how far away a gun was from a body when it was fired.
0: Oh, He
1: has a, he's just a fountain of knowledge now. Yeah, yeah. And he got paid to learn it. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. I kind of want to have that happen to me.
0: Not going to lie. But I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to pay me to do it. Just pay you to do it right now? Yeah, okay. they should. If anyone wants to uh, pay us to learn all these techniques, please do.
1: Right? I mean, I feel like I've gotten all I can from Dexter. I mean, I could watch it again, but I feel like I've absorbed everything that I can there. So I need to, need some other sources. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So, John and Jody had four children during their 11 year marriage. And John doted on his kids and spent as much time as possible with them. Wow. Instead of moving to Fairbanks with the modern comforts that it had, John was intent on living the way Alaskans survived decades earlier. Oh, joy. <laughs> just let me just.
0: Can I, we have an if I, were house, Jody,
1: please? I would be so
0: pissed. Do we get an outhouse with a door or is it one without? Because that gets um, a little cold. Well,
1: he moved Jody and their children to a tiny one room cabin outside of Fairbanks. Four Fun. kids, two oh, adults. Okay. I don't like that we only have one full bathroom, okay? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: that's rough alone.
1: Guaranteed they Um, don't have an
0: indoor bathroom.
1: The cabin had a dirt floor, Mm -hmm. no running water. This is the Mm mid-70s, by the way. Burr. Mm -hmm. Only intermittent electricity from a small generator. Wonderful. They had to haul water and use an outhouse, Uh even when the temperature dropped Mm. to 50 Degrees below zero. Mm, like, does it even come out oh, at that degree? It just hits the air and <sighs> it's, just, <sighs> it's just
0: this icicle <laughs> hanging, right? And then
1: hanging, and then you move, and it cracks <laughs> off. <and> it,
0: <laughs> I mean, I've got frostbite on my tushy bum. I don't
1: do fifty oh. degrees below zero outside, Mm-mm. fully layered. Like
0: I know. I mean, your nose hairs. Is- Seal shut. See it right. I can't even imagine. Yeah.
1: No fairs. <laughs> oh my god! Careful, if you sneeze, you could take somebody's eye out with like a shard. <laughs> like it just—it's
0: true. <laughs> it's rough.
1: Oh, no. So with no washing machine, Jody uh. washed their clothes in a tub, scrubbing uh. them on a washboard. Mm-mm. This also, Jody, Mm-mm. who was a registered nurse, Mm-mm. could have had a good career, Mm-mm. but John didn't want her to work he wanted her to stay home with the kids. Oh, he's getting more and more delightful now. Isn't he? Isn't he delightful? Mm-hmm. I don't care how big he is. Let me just <laughs> <die>. <laughs> John. <laughs> to outsiders, the Addis family seemed happy. Mm-hmm. But when they were alone, John exerted his control over the family and particularly over Jody, mm. attempting to manage every facet of her life. Oh, good god, no. Which was probably pretty easy since they all yeah. lived in one room. <laughs> Did you turn around right, right then when I looked at you? And maybe you know what. And maybe, and maybe that's why. Because when you lived in the wilderness and you had to go outside to pee, you should you should bring somebody with you for safety. True. Because of like the wild animals. Yeah. You know? True. There's so, prob-
0: there could be a bear hanging out in the
1: right. So outhouse. I mean, I don't know if he just hadn't fully adjusted to life in Las God. Vegas and that's why he followed Joanne. I don't know. I it's just like you could be in danger at every moment. I'm coming with you. What if there's bears? I don't. know. you, know? <laughs> you never know. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, this this creeps me out. John called Jody mother and Ew. ordered her around. I just well, I hate that. That's you know, so like much. a psycho, you know. Oh, Ooh, right. Mother. Yeah. <laughs> no. Jody later admitted that John abused her both verbally and Mm. physically, Mm. sometimes choking her until she nearly lost consciousness. Oh, Jesus. Uh, The abuse began soon after she and John moved to Alaska, you know, where she had nowhere Mm. to go. Had no friends. Um, No. mm -hmm. Nobody she knew. John would not allow her to drive, to work outside the home or to even have friends. Mm. He also told her to sever ties with her family because they did not care about her. He oh. wanted her to feel isolated, helpless, and utterly dependent on him, which mm. he was successful with. In early 1982, not long after the birth of their fourth child, of which mm. I have no idea how it came to existence, but yeah. um, Jody filed for divorce. Oh my God, Jody. Yeah, John. He was mad. <laughs> so, <laughs> he fought for custody. Wow. So he fought for custody of their children and t- told Jody, if she'd not give him custody, he would load the kids in his plane, fly to the Brooks Range, and crash the airplane into the side of a mountain. Wow! What a dad! What yeah. right? a dad! Dad of the year! Mm-hmm. Right. In the end, Jody won custody of the children, oh, but the court God. allowed John liberal visitation <sighs> with, with the children. Yeah, <sighs> during the school year and custody for up to six weeks each <gasps> summer that's horrible. Right. Imagine how freaked oh, she was every time Oh my god.
0: like is he going to run him into a building? Right. Or a mountain, I guess. So,
1: oh god. So Jody knew yeah, cuz they're in Alaska. There's yeah. not a lot of <laughs> buildings. Lots of mountains.
0: More more mountains <laughs> right. than buildings. Yes.
1: Right. Jody knew her kids loved their father and wanted to spend time with him. She worried though about having about John having complete control over the kids for six weeks each year. Yeah. She knew John hated her and she was worried about what he might do. Good God. After the divorce, John began to withdraw from his friends at work and no longer seemed to be interested in his job. Hmm. Until he met a woman named Sarah.
0: Hmm.
1: Also could find no information on this woman's last name or anything. Interesting. Makes right? you wonder if they kind of had to hide themselves so that he didn't find Right? Him. Right? Sarah worked at the Fairbanks office of US Fish and Wildlife Services. John treated Sarah and her children well. Yes, she had children too. Hmm. And soon the pair announced they were engaged. Uh Uh-oh. They married in December of 1982, which was, she filed for divorce at the beginning of 82, and they were engaged by the end of 82. Yeah, fast. A short while later, John surprised his colleagues when he abruptly quit the state troopers and told them he had decided to return to medical school. Wow. He showed everyone a letter of acceptance from the dean of a medical school in Florida, and soon after, he and Sarah moved. Wow. Okay. That was This abrupt. is it was very abrupt and there's not a lot of information on what happened next, but mm-hmm. 5 months later, Sarah divorced John and returned to Fairbanks, Alaska. Wow. She did not want to talk about what happened in Florida, but it is believed that John started treating Sarah the way he had treated Jody. Mm-hmm. Um and soon everyone in Fairbanks learned that John's medical school letter of acceptance was fake.
0: Oh, snap. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Sarah did reveal that during their brief marriage, John often disappeared for weeks at a time and refused to tell her where he'd gone. She said he was obsessed with having his children live with him, and he told her he planned to steal his children. And he even asked Sarah if she would help him kidnap his kids, but she refused to help him, and she tried Jesus. to talk him out of it. Yeah. So Jody had, I mean, she was rightfully freaked out, right? Yeah. Oh, John. A few months after Sarah left, John Addis began dating a woman named Tony.
0: Okay. Again, I
1: don't have any other information on Tony.
0: Wow. A pharmacist. To
1: hide. I, swear. I know, right? Psycho. A pharmacist in Sarasota, Florida. John mm-hmm. swept her off her feet with his romantic gestor- gestures and devoted interest in her. They got married in September of 1985, and the couple had a daughter. Hey, oh God. <laughs> <sighs> John also told Tony he planned to kidnap his children that he had with Jody. She said it was a terrible idea and she wanted no part of it. Yeah, you think. Uh Uh-huh. Not long after the birth of their daughter, John began to exert his control over Tony. Oh, no. He wanted to know where she was every minute of the day, when she went to work. He either followed her or checked her car's odometer so he'd know how far she drove during the day. Uh Uh-huh. Um, no. eventually he became physically violent towards tony oh, shit. he would grab her and pin her down so she couldn't move and once he pushed her against the wall and then lifted her off her feet with his hands around her <gasps> neck choking her like did that move where they like oh, my lift God. you yeah. as it's like the choking, terminator or something right yeah. that's what i'm picturing mm. so one day while tony was feeding their baby girl oh. john rushed into the room ranting and raving Tony said the expression on his face terrified her, oh, and God. he looked deranged. Mm-hmm. So now he's deranged and a mental... He's not a good-looking ugly... Like, he's an ugly, <laughs> angry person, is what I'm saying. He's not attractive when he's oh, angry. no. He stepped on Tony's feet, grabbing her by the hair, pulled her out of the chair, and started Jesus. shaking her. <gasps> the right? Fuck? The baby bottle flew out of her hand, and the baby began crying. Oh. So... From what I got from this, she wasn't holding the baby. Thank, thank God. God. It sounds like she was sitting or in a high chair or something. Because I read this a couple times, going, <sighs> "Oh my God!" But Tony immediately sought an order of protection, okay. and Sue and John filed for divorce. Wow. Yeah, wow. I didn't see that part coming. Yeah, that's surprising. I can't control this one. Right? Get rid of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this one mm-hmm. fights back. In August of 1986, which is about a year later, I think, John demanded visitation with his children in Alaska. Ugh. Jody wanted John to fly to Fairbanks to spend time with the kids since they were going to be starting the school year soon. Okay. But John wanted the kids to fly to Chicago, then drive them to Michigan to visit his relatives. Hmm. And then he was going to continue on to Florida, where yeah. I guess is where he was living. Yeah, well, we all know he kind of wants to steal them, so... Exactly, right? it's not... So, Jody took the matter to court, demanding the visitation take place in Alaska, but the judge ordered her to put the children yeah. on a plane to visit their father. Uh, I can't no, even, like, I don't no. know what I would do if I, I would just, either. like... <laughs> because, like, you're being ordered to do it, and I'd yeah. be like... I and you know what, what he's going to try. Yeah. <sighs> uh When it came time for the kids to return to Fairbanks, they weren't on the plane. Uh, And Jody and the authorities could find no sign of John or the kids. Oh, God. That stresses me out. Uh, Right? Oh, my God. I'm trying. I was thinking, like, what would I do in that situation? I'd be freaking hunting his ass down.
0: Whatever you could do.
1: Oh, my God. When Jody learned that her kids had never even boarded the flight from Chicago to Fairbanks... Mm -hmm. And did not even have tickets for the flights. Mm. She knew that John did what he—she'd always feared he would do. He kidnapped their children. Jody knew that John's ability to live off the grid would make him hard to uh. find. And she remembered when he threatened to load the kids in his plane and fly into a mountain. I mean, mm-hmm. who could forget that? I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's Jesus. that's right there, burned into your brain now. Jody called the police and demanded that they listen to her. The Fairbanks police began to search for John and the children. And involved law enforcement in Michigan, where John's family lived, and where Jody suspected that he might be hiding with the kids. Yeah. The FBI joined the search, so they got everybody oh on board. Good. Right? Yeah. Finally, after eight long months, eight, <gasps> eight months, months of not knowing where her kids were. Oh my god! Ugh. Someone at a gym in Kalispell, Montana. Ah! Yes. <laughs> yeah, no one was looking there. I know where um, that is. You do? Oh my gosh! That's beautiful. They, <laughs> yep. Do they have a nice gym? Because they were at the gym. Probably, <laughs> it's, it's rich people up there. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, they recognized uh, someone at the gym. Recognized the stranger exercising in the gym matched the photo of the guy the police in a police flyer that he had seen. So the individual called the local police. They rushed to the gym and they arrested him. So wow. they got there like he was still working out. He was still <laughs> sweaty awesome. and everything. Right, right. He was large. <laughs> He's the large man over there. Oh God, sir! How do you know he's large? Well, he we, there was we were in the, sh- the dressing room. The <laughs> never mind. Okay, no, sorry, bad tangent. Just, that's him. <laughs> Believe me. Moving on. Minutes later, authorities located the children locked in a cabin <gasps> outside of Kalispell. Oh, the kids were unharmed and healthy. Oh my God! Thank God! But yeah. he had locked them in a cabin, except for yeah, mentally right. damaged. Right, totally. Mm -hmm. And who knows what he told them in eight Mm -hmm. months, what lies and, oh my God. Addis stood trial in Fairbanks for kidnapping his children. Mm -hmm. A judge sentenced him to four years in state prison Mm -hmm. with two and one half years suspended. Uh, In all, (laughs) in all, he spent 18 months in jail for Uh, his crime. Wow. That does nothing. That's like, it's like just... A little bit like twice as long as as long as he had had them. Yeah. And she had no idea where they were. (gasps) Oh, oh my God. I can't even believe. John left prison in 1988. And due to an interstate parole agreement, he was allowed to move to Fresno, California and report to a California parole officer. This is like um,
0: (laughs) when you're in college and you can do that exchange. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to a different school. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. What that? What, Can I want to. I want to transfer to California because it seems
1: right? it has palm trees. Exactly. Whatever. Right. So, shockingly, there he met a woman, Ugh. moved in with her, got engaged, stole her money, and then disappeared. Oh no! Without reporting to his parole officer. <gasps> Wow. The woman did not report the theft to police, so authorities oh. had no reason to look for John for this crime. She was probably embarrassed, like I can't uh, believe myself right? for this shit. Yeah. Totally. Mm. And she didn't realize that he was a felon. No. So, and she so she reported it. So instead of issuing a warrant for jumping parole, the state of California simply closed the case. <laughs> I, I Okay, well he's just gone. So uh, Right. I I kept reading that, going. I don't understand what happened here. The state of Alaska issued a statewide absconder warrant, but Addis was never arrested for violating the conditions of his parole.
0: That's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> it's <laughs> too much work. Mm-hmm. Just, we'll just it was... let
1: it go. Oh my god! After leaving Fresno, Addis frequently moved, often working as a fitness instructor at a gym. He dated numerous women, many mm-hmm. of whom he le- he met at the gyms where he worked. Mm-hmm. Great place to pick up yeah, people, right? Always a good spot. But he repeated the same pattern in different cities. He'd meet a woman, lavish her with attention, tell her he loved her, promise to marry her, and then steal her money and disappear. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. He's getting good at it at this point, yeah. right? He's
0: like, I've got um, skills.
1: I'm large. That is? <laughs> <laughs> I'm large and in charge. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> And do what I want. Oh god. <laughs> Edis changed his identity and assumed the name John L. Edwards. An identity he stole from a man living in Cape Coral, Florida. I don't mm. know how he got that. Wasn't um, there a John Edwards was like a medium? Yes, there was a show, right? Yeah. Oh my God, I remember that. Oh, yes. Oh, now that's all I can picture in my head. He was, okay. He was not large. Different guy. I was was totally going to say that. I was like, he was not large. And then I just didn't even want to think of him like that. (laughs) Thanks for going there for me. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Anytime. I got to. Oh, God. So eventually Mm -hmm. he landed a job at World's Gym in Las Vegas, where he met Joanne Mm -hmm. Albanese. So that's where we come full circle. We're going to take a break because... This story is not over.
0: Oh shit, <laughs> John!
1: Dude, this guy is a friggin' tool. <laughs> it's just wow. He must have been good
0: looking though to get all the girls he has.
1: I guess. So. Well, I have pictures. I mean, he wasn't bad looking, but he wasn't. I mean, so... he's not like Brad Pitt. Like I don't okay, know. I so don't. Maybe charming. He must have been really charming. Do you own a small business or make cool and unusual handcrafted items? We love artists and small business
0: owners, and we would be stoked to help get the word out about yours.
1: Consider advertising with us through this podcast. It's super affordable, and our podcast reaches every corner of the U.S., even worldwide. To find out more, visit otfmpodcast.com
0: and click on the Advertise With Us link.
1: Let's get your creativity into the hands of people who would love it
0: are you ready i think i'm ready yes. i don't know it's about to get john
1: big john about <laughs> to get large to get large okay Whew. all right in late 1996 a 46 year old man who called himself john stone started working out at a gold's gym in guadalajara mexico oh mm. we're down yes. in mexico Okay. We are in Mexico. He quickly made friends and started dating numerous women at the gym. Oh, God dang it! <laughs> he worked as a tennis instructor, an English tutor, and gave piano lessons. Wow! Uh, okay. Soon, John Stone began dating twenty-five-year-old Laura Liliana Casillas Padilla. All right, that's what I'm going with. That I'm pretty sure good. I, I, I. Right, I, I sounded it. confident. Right, it sounded good. All right. She was the daughter of an engineer in Guadalajara. They met at the gym. Shocker, mm-hmm. Um, And he quickly charmed his way into her life. Uh-oh. Laura Liliana, which I guess is she went by everywhere I saw. Like they called her by the two names. So right, go with that. Laura, Laura like Liliana it. even brought him home to meet her family. Oh. Uh-huh. But her father mistook them as friends because the man was so much older than his daughter. Oh. Forty-six snap. and twenty-five. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. This is my friend. <laughs> he better be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in March 1997, a segment about John Patrick Addis and his suspected involvement in the disappearance of Joanne Albanese aired on the Geraldo Rivera show.
0: Oh, Geraldo's Geraldo. back. Geraldo. He's back, man. We missed you, Harry. I don't know. <laughs> Geraldo. <laughs> Doesn't it?
1: Shouldn't it be shortened somehow? Like, Yeah, it should. Yeah. Geraldo. Geraldo. A tips. <laughs> I can't do that. A tipster called the show and reported seeing a man matching John Addis's description at a Gold's gym in Guadalajara, Mexico. Mm. So, I mean, I guess he was good looking enough that people recognized him. Like when they saw him in a poster, they're like, hey, you know. There's large John. (laughs) There's there's large John. The show's producer should have contacted authorities with Mm. the information, but Uh instead they contacted Mm. the Albanese family. Let's go down and interview them. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. When they couldn't get a hold of authorities, they called the, the Albanese family. When they couldn't oh. get a hold of authorities, they called the gym in Mexico themselves.
0: Oh, no. One Let's of those warn things. this guy
1: ahead of time. You got to leave this to the professionals, guys. <laughs> There's yeah. a way to do this, right? Mm-hmm. So a female family family member called the gym in Mexico herself. She made up a story of being an old girlfriend and asked if someone named John frequented the gym there Mm -hmm. she was told there was okay and that gym staff member told john about the Mm -hmm. call of course and he was visibly shaken at the news Mm -hmm. because you know he doesn't when he's angry and scared he doesn't look good remember yeah right right Um, (laughs) right. ugly john ugly john right and the next day john Mm -hmm. and laura liliana disappeared oh fantastic so close to getting him i know so close Mm -hmm. come on guys When she didn't show up for work and her family couldn't contact her, (laughs) yep, Laura Liliana's sister went to her apartment. Although she wasn't home, all of her belongings were still there. After searching the apartment, her sister found a note on the floor from Laura Liliana to her family. In it, she wrote that John had proposed to her and she had accepted. They were leaving, but she was okay and she promised to call them soon. And her family never heard from her again. (gasps) Oh, God. I, I know. I feel like there were so many times this guy could have been stopped mm. and it just, just, kept just kept. Yeah. In October of 1998, three years after she disappeared, a hunter found the remains of mm. Joanne Albanese mm. in the mountains near where her car had been found in Little Hell Canyon, Arizona. Authorities had not searched the mountains because they didn't think someone could carry a body up such a steep incline, especially in the Arizona heat. But Unless they they're under, really in shape. They underestimated Large John. Mm. Large John. <laughs> Large John strikes Works again. out a lot. So they didn't look up there. Since her remains were only bones, the medical examiner could not determine the cause of her death. Mm. Ugh. So My now, guess is
0: choking because he did put another girl up against a wall.
1: Right? You know, I mean, thats I, I would say that's a fairly uh, good guess. John Patrick Addis made the FBI's list of the top 10 most wanted in America. Wow. Yeah, he that's was. That's an achievement. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he was up there. The television show America's Most Wanted aired the story of John Patrick Addis and the murder of Joanne Albanese eight times. Between November 1998 and May of 2005. Wow. Eight times. So now we're in 2005. Holy balls. That's a long time. Okay. Yeah. John Patrick Addis, who was still going by John Stone, and his wife, Laura Liliana, moved to uh, Tuxla, Gutierrez, Chiapas, Mexico. Wow. But they moved there in 1997. Chiapas, the... Uh, Chiapas, the southernmost state in Mexico, borders Guatemala to the east. Oh, wow. John now went by the name J. Charles Peterson, which, dude, if that's not a red flag, how many Petersons are there? That- <laughs> it's Scott true. Peterson.
0: What's the other uh, dude,
1: Peterson? Oh, God. Down in Scott. Uh, Drew
0: California. Peterson. Drew.
1: Yeah. Drew, Scott, and there's the guy from the case on, um, oh, God, what's his name? On uh, Netflix. I haven't seen all of it. But the guy who both his wives yes. pushed down the stairs or whatever? yeah, yes. He's also um, a Peterson. Yeah. The staircase. I'm yeah. telling you. So he changed Peterson. his name to Peterson. That's a he red flag. He was like, I may man. as well
0: go with what all the other dudes are doing. <laughs>
1: totally. He's he's basically just taunting police now. <laughs> like, oh, he's just like, ter- totally. come find me. He worked a variety of jobs, including tutoring the sons of the police chief. Uh, oh, my God. Right? Right. <laughs> right where you can see me.
0: Hi. Uh-huh. Did you see the posters lately?
1: I know! As, as he's walking by going, that's a good looking fellow right there. He looks large. <laughs> I bet that guy's big. Um, oh god,
0: okay.
1: He also instructed tennis at a local resort.
0: Okay. He
1: and Laura Liliana had two children. Oh, crap. Mm-hmm,
0: Somebody right? castrate uh, this man.
1: I, I was just gonna say he needs to get snipped. Mm-hmm. Although most of their neighbors described Addis as a good father, a few neighbors noticed he seemed very controlling Mm. over Laura Liliana. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, right? On October 18th, 2006, nine years after he and Laura Liliana fled Guadalajara, their neighbors in Chiapas realized they had not seen the family in several days. Oh, God. When they went to their apartment to check on the residents, they noticed a horrible smell seeping from the apartment. Oh, no. I, I'm guessing it's not the sewer. It's not a. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. Hmm. It's not Brussels sprouts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Where. You hear that? Yeah. <laughs> right. You know. They called the police, who broke into the home and found Laura Liliana dead on her bed, and the bodies of the two children <gasps> on their beds. No. The children too. Oh. Police found more than 20 syringes near Laura Liliana's body, but the autopsy showed that she and her children died from carbon monoxide poisoning. Hmm. Hmm. So I don't know if he drugged her? Yeah, to get her. So that she would. I don't know, but I don't. But wouldn't that have showed up? I don't know. That was kind of wonky, right? Hmm. So police learned. uh... Police believe that. Uh, J. Charles Peterson murdered his wife and children and then fled. Mexican authorities then learned that his true name uh, was John Addis, and they began searching for him. Um, mm. Several weeks later, a maid in a hotel in Guatemala City discovered a body of a dead man laying on a bed in a hotel room. Okay. The man's ID said that he was John Charles Stone. Mm. The body had been in the room for some time. Oh. Police used fingerprints to identify him as John Patrick Addis. Mm. And while there were items found in the room that led authorities to believe that he may have committed suicide, the autopsy listed the cause of death as a heart attack. Hmm. Detective Hmm. Larry Hanna in Las Vegas, who worked on Joanne's case, still wonders if John murdered someone that looked like him to fake his death. You know, but they did. They did fingerprints. Yeah, but fingerprints. he's still skeptical. I mean, this guy. I mean, he knows uh, all the tricks, right? Yeah, that's true. John Patrick Addis avoided capture and died on his own terms, mm-hmm. if he's dead. Yeah, whether that be from natural causes or suicide, at the age of sixty-four, and he was buried in Guatemala.
0: Ugh! What a son of a gun! Ugh.
1: And I wonder because you know you were saying you know if the the other women who had been married to him i can't find their names anywhere Mm -hmm. maybe they're not so sure that he Mm
0: -hmm. is really gone either
1: yeah because when you said it earlier i was like well i already know that he died but now i'm thinking about it and i'm going huh maybe Maybe they're they're not so sure how freaky which is why i came really close to naming this one douchebag for murder because this guy was a total douchebag he is a douchebag but since he pretty much met everybody through a gym i figured dumbbell Dumbbell, (laughs) Dumbbell
0: really fits
1: that's big john large john large Large john John. (laughs) (laughs) over
0: you large john
1: right don't come after us please Please. I did not use anybody's <laughs> full name. No, I did use some full names. Never mind. My you name's used not on all <laughs> yeah. used all your aliases. used all your You're all out of aliases. But I figured good, anyway. he would just keep going south, you know. Yeah. Peru. Just... My sources. Mm, sources, yes, please. My sources for this. And I had a hard time. Like I had one good source and then like just some little sources. Like, Rando. With mm-hmm. little information. So medium.com, lasvegasworldnews.com unsolvedmysteries.fandom.com and thelasvegassun.com and pictures were super hard to come by so we will post those but I have two I think two pictures of him and a picture or two of Joanne suspicious suspicious there's something going on there's something going on so (laughs) if one of your friends (laughs) says I have a very large fitness instructor I want to set you up with
0: and he's like seventy something.
1: <laughs> you sane and his name no. is any form of John. Yes, with whatever last name. You just say no.
0: <laughs> just, just be like no, no. Thank you for listening. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Story for another, and stay, yeah. odd.
1: stay odd. Stay odd. Ob- obsessed. Dark humor detectives. Yes. Right. <laughs> we'll, odd we'll get with it. Us. Yeah, we're, we're we're pretty odd. Be yeah. odd too. Oh. Yeah. Thank you for being oddies. Thank you for being oddies. Our oddies on Patreon and buy me a coffee, not a cup, just a coffee. Good job. Just just buy a coffee. This size is up to you. (laughs) Cup, gallon, what have you. Or wine. Wine, right. Wine. (laughs) Wine by the gallon. Just one of those Franzia boxes with a straw and just pop it in there. Oh, my God. I had friends
0: that dressed up as boxes of wine for for, for Halloween. And they literally, you could, they had um, spigots at the side of them. And you could, you
1: could draw wine. You could draw wine from them. Oh, God, that's funny. I was
0: like, this is my favorite outfit. Come over every night.
1: That's pretty awesome. I love yeah. that. That's a great costume. Yeah. To see images from this story, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ODFM Podcast, or on our website at ODFMpodcast.com, where you'll also find a link to our merch store where you can get awesome stuff like t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. And if the weekly podcast just isn't enough to fill
0: your ODFM cup full, join our fan club on Patreon for more content like mini sodes, bloopers, and discounts at our merch store. That site is patreon.com slash ODFM podcast.
1: And if you do love our bloopers and need more than we naturally do, which is a lot, buy us a glass of wine at buymeacoffee.com slash ODFM podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of ODFM, hosted by Kelly DeVries and Jenna Swanson. Production and editing by Kelly DeVries. Theme music by Eric Swanson. ODFM is a satirical true crime podcast for entertainment purposes only. The stories you hear are serious and true. The comments and opinions are not. We apologize if any of our content is harmful or disrespectful.